1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 41, the greatest crossover ever attempted in the history of mankind for our YouTube audience. That's right. We now are on YouTube. I am R. Cho from Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. This show, our podcast audience knows this full well, is very unique. In that we cover the NFC East as a whole. All four teams are discussed on this show every single week, and it is the most unique show, I think BLG would agree, at SB Nation and that it lives in four different places. We posted at Blog of the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content. Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content. Hogs Haven, Washington football team content, and Big Blue View, New York Giants content. It goes on all four podcast networks, and now it goes after popular demand, On YouTube as well, BLG, everybody wants to see your bright, shining face. So what do you have to say to the YouTube audience specifically? Uh, You're welcome. Mm, Nice. Uh, (laughs) Very nice. Uh, This is uh, volume 41 of the NFC East Mixtape. So it took 40 of just being a podcast to get us off the ground on video. Puts a little bit more pressure on us, Brandon, because we have to be a little bit more perfect. Uh, Can't have as many mistakes, things like that. So you really have to kind of tidy things up on your end. Yeah, uh, nice of you
2: to really support me as a teammate like that and throw me under the bus, Um, but it's fine. Um, Should be fun. Definitely have had people clamoring for this, RJ. So hopefully people will enjoy the live interactive element. I want to see comments, people. I want to see people saying things in the chat um so if we're here live take advantage of it obviously sometimes you know maybe you're working whatever you can't make it that's fine if you listen to on the replay we appreciate you still but uh you know this it's, it's cool if you're this here speaks live. to
1: your this speaks to your misunderstanding of the whole presentation we're not live this is the thing. This, <laughs> this is still uh, uh no we're not dinner. yeah it's recording it but we're not live so we're live right this, now th- we're not live at all it's just recording
2: TV, That's on screens everywhere <laughs>
1: You literally were on TV, by the way, this week, um, talking Philadelphia Eagles and talking about Kirk Cousins, uh, which is something oh, that we are boy. going to hit. Uh, we have some Coaching situations to address when it comes to the Cowboys and the Eagles. There was a new general manager in the division, BLG, and there is um, a bit of a a quarterback conundrum going on with the Washington football team. As we have all year, uh, our YouTube audience is new to this. We are going to, and this will be the order we go in, at least over the offseason, go in the order of division standings, which means we start with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, This is the first year we ever did this show, and the Dallas Cowboys won the division. How does that make you feel? it makes me feel
2: really happy because it's such a hollow victory. We already, we already went through this last week. Don't need to rehash it. I mean, I can if you want I, to. If you really want to go I mean, through it again, all I can, but
1: it's, you know, it's a it's for the new YouTube audience, you know. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but anyway, okay, let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Some actually breaking I don't want to say breaking news, uh, but something coming out while we started recording, not streaming. BLG, uh, we're going to talk about Dan Quinn, but Pro Football Networks, Aaron Wilson is reporting that Kellen Moore. Is not expected to land a new job in this hiring cycle. Uh, now, for what it's worth, this podcast is published on Wednesdays, just so everybody knows. BLG and I record this generally on Tuesday morning, so that's when we're recording. So everyone is aware. There's it's possible something has come out since then, uh, but this isn't shocking to me. It does seem like it has always seemed like this offseason, at least, that Kellen Moore is likely going to return to the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get one last year when his stock was higher. And now, and now with the
2: way the Cowboys offense went later in the year, yeah, I don't think people are lining up to get him. And has he, has he, he's he's received some interview requests, right?
1: He's interviewed with, uh, I'm going to botch this off the top of my head, but the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and I believe the Broncos. He has not been as popular as Dan Quinn. Uh, but he has had multiple interview requests. And Dan Quinn did actually like prep him, did like a mock interview. Um, you know, this, this is mock season for a lot of teams. It's mock season for a lot of coaches, too. Yeah, we did a lot of mocking of the Cowboys last week. So that was good. Um, but uh, so how do you feel about this? You happy about this?
2: Because you kind of seem like frustrated by him.
1: Um, I don't feel great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't feel, I mean, it, how can you? How can you feel great? I wrote something this week at com that was about. Uh, takeaways from the division around relative to the Cowboys and my biggest one, there there were four of them, but my biggest one was you look at all four games and they were all obviously great and riveting and and BLG and I did discuss them at length on the SB Nation NFL show where we have uh, some shows that we're on as well. You can go listen to and subscribe um, that content at the SB Nation NFL show also on YouTube, look for the SB Nation NFL channel and you can watch some of those shows live. Those we do stream live, but um, my biggest takeaway was, was the, the, Aside from the quarterbacks, because quarterbacks are obviously stars, but the the star power that shone for all four teams. I know that the Bengals didn't have this like huge offensive showing, but Jamar Chase was awesome. Obviously, on on Saturday night, Debo Samuel was awesome. Sunday, I think, really reinforced this this idea for me. Cooper Cup, I mean, awesome in general, but at the very end, you need a big play. You need to get, you know, you need to move the chains, you need to get in field goal range. Who do you go to? Your superstar. And then I, I am amazed that no matter what Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill can always make play after play after play for the Kansas City Chiefs. And that just isn't the case for the Cowboys. Again, quarterbacks aside, where is Amari Cooper in those big moments? Where is CeeDee Lamb in those big moments? Where I don't think that I, I believe this is, is something that's actually going to happen, but some people do. Where is Ezekiel Elliott in those big moments? And, and a lot of that blame, most of that blame falls on the players themselves, but it also falls on Kellen Moore. I, I mentioned to you last week when I was ranting about the Cowboys season ending, how they got the ball with two minutes and 54 seconds left and three timeouts you know, to work with against the Niners down by six. They ran six plays, not a single target for Amari Cooper, one target for CeeDee Lamb, an incomplete pass, one target for Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know why in, in the passing game, no targets for Tony Pollard. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not pumped because Kellen doesn't. I mean, maybe the Cowboys don't have superstars just because we know their names doesn't make them superstars. But Kellen doesn't know seemingly how to elevate them, which is, is why I'm, I'm assuming he really is back. I'm not that pumped about it.
2: On the superstar uh, front, I think that's an important point because, and I think it's something the Rams have done well in terms of like really focusing on getting those guys and not always necessarily worrying about the picks uh, is because stars have the potential to make a big difference as we just saw in the playoffs this weekend, as you, as you touched on there. And one thing I always think about is coaches get a lot of credit and blame. Like when you think about it, it's kind of funny. Like what do coaches get paid? They're getting paid like, you know, I do like five million a year, six million a year. Like,
1: yeah, same. relative to the players, it's, it's not Yeah, the not players are making right.
2: way more. But it's funny though, because, and not to say that, you know, like Mike McCarthy deserves to get off sc- scot free because he clearly doesn't. And he's part of the problem. But, and tell him more here too. But at some level, like you're paying the superstar receiver or whatever, you know, like five times or whatever as much to be, you know, a dynamic player and make some plays and not have the coaching be perfect and just kind of let the talent win out at some point. So, yeah i definitely think that's a fair criticism it is just kind of funny uh how quickly kellen Moore's stock took a hit because last offseason he was entering for these coaching jobs you know there's talk like the eagles might just hire him and it's just it's just funny how it goes from that like wow this guy might be the next hot thing and now it's like oh we're not we don't even want him back he shouldn't be back
1: i honestly thought that it was going to be a while before kellen became a head coach when he did not Get the Boise job, or did not take the Boise job, because that was the one that that it felt most likely he was going to leave the Cowboys for, especially a year ago with the Cowboys in this like awkward place. And yeah, everybody believed in a in a in a bounce back in 2021, but you know his stock was high as we mentioned, and it was easy to understand the the flaws that the offense had, although they did have success without Dak from a statistical standpoint. But it was easy to kind of sweep that under the well, Dak was hurt, Tyron was hurt, Lyle was out, Rugged. And and Kellen Stock wasn't impacted in that sense. Boise, his obviously uh, his alma mater. I mean, he he always kind of has felt like a college guy. He's young. That that's a little bit more. You know, that's a little bit it. It, it sinks a little bit more with the college game than it does. I know that there's the Sean McPhase and Kyle and Matt Lafleur's of the world, but it just it made more sense. So when that didn't happen. It did feel like he was going to ultimately come back to the Cowboys for a little bit. That's why, like, I never really thought that he was going to get any, you know, legitimate job. I thought he lost an opportunity to be a head coach, honestly, when the Cowboys beat the Saints on Thursday night football. You'll recall that was the game that Mike McCarthy missed due to being out on on the COVID list himself. And that was it. That was an opportunity we we talked so much about. That was an island game. It was Thursday night football. No other game is on. It's a stage for the whole world to see you. And if the Cowboys had come out and the offense had really shown up, it w- it would have proved all the takes that people had about, well, this is Kellen's offense. McCarthy does nothing. It's all Kellen. All the success is Kellen's, whatever. And they were awful. And that was the beginning of a really awful offensive stretch for them. And so Kellen didn't shine. And, and it just, he continued to not be great. And yeah, they had a great performance against Washington on Sunday Night Football and the great performance in the regular season finale at Philly. But I mean, he hurt his stock a lot over the second half of the season, which is why I'm not stunned that he is likely going to return to the Cowboys. Somebody who's not though, uh, again, just based off of speculation. And again, we're recording this on Tuesday morning uh, is Dan Quinn. Seems like Dan Quinn is definitely headed for another opportunity. Seems like he's likely going to be a head coach. My personal read on this is is Denver. That's what seems more likely than anything at this point. Uh, but the Cowboys like the Eagles, and we'll touch on that at a moment here are going to have to find a replacement for him. So who? are the names and this is relative also to jonathan gannon who is of course the philadelphia eagles defensive coordinator also interviewing for head coaching jobs who were the guys that, that you know could be you know could be names to watch for both the cowboys and eagles in this sense
2: so uh first of all i don't even get the dan quinn thing i know the cowboys defense is good this year but we're just forgetting he really underachieved as a head coach for the falcons and they were in a lot of bad spots before like the team would come back to win in the second I, half of a season.
1: I have said before, and it will make you happy that I bring this season up, that Dan Quinn did something super impressive that I don't think he gets enough credit for, and that we talk every year about how difficult it is for teams to get back to, 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 like, you know, in general, like just to have repeat success is hard, but teams that lose the Super Bowl, right? That's, that's a trope every year, like, oh, teams that lose the Super Bowl, miss the playoffs, like, whatever it is, like 83% of the time, whatever. Not only did the Falcons get back to the playoffs after 20... They they lost the Super Bowl in the worst way possible, like worst way you could ever lose a Super Bowl. And they got back to the playoffs, and they won a playoff game. Again, I think that that is so forgotten. They went to LA the first year under Sean McVay, and they beat the Rams, and they beat them handily. Now, they did lose in the division around to the eventual world champion Philadelphia Eagles, which is why I knew you would appreciate that. Um, But like that, I... This, this phrase gets thrown out so much, but especially based on the evidence in Dallas this past year, I do buy that he is a leader of men. And I think that that's a, a quality that a lot of teams look for in a head coach.
2: Yeah, it seems like he's a likable guy, which, you know, is counts for something. But again, if you look at just for the past few seasons, I saw this graph going around the other day that had uh, like wins above expectation or whatever. And Dan Quinn's at the bottom, like, you know, the Falcons win total, like they underachieved like many years there relative to expectation. So I wouldn't be crazy about that. But anyway, not really the point here. Um, It's obviously a loss. The Cowboys losing him. And then just as we very well know on the show, that defense is not always sticky year to year. And it's going to be hard to count on. I think Michael Parsons will still be very good. But, you you know, uh, teams are going to have more of a chance to like game plan for him and account for him for whatever that's worth. And, and there will be
1: regression of the mean. Trayvon I'm won't sure. have
2: double-digit interceptions. Yeah. Right? Totally. Trayvon is the big one. It's just not It's just not going to happen, right? <laughs> it's just, it, it can't. Although we said that during the season this year, this can't keep happening. And then it did. But yeah, I mean, year over year, you would assume that would change. So, you know, I think you expect uh, a step back from there. But, I mean, is there really other any other name than the most obvious name for the Cowboys and
1: your boy Mike Zimmer returning to Big D? So I think something that should be said as far as looking at at options for the Cowboys, and I'm I'm curious as options for the Eagles, but Mike McCarthy, we're now entering year three, presumably, we do have to get to a Mike McCarthy point in in a bit, but something he has done. Often, over the last two years is find former head coaches to be on his staff. That is a, a character trait that he really likes the first year uh had Mike Nolan, obviously that didn't work out, but but former that was uh, a real thing
2: still that was crazy. For, anyway. former head
1: coach uh Jim Tomsula, another former san francisco 49ers head coach uh, was on his staff. Generous definition of former head coach, but yes uh, I mean the literal definition, not generous wait, come on um <laughs> Uh, Joe Philbin, who's still on the Cowboys staff, by the way, Hmm. uh, former head coach, of the Miami Dolphins. But that was a little bit more unique in that he had worked for McCarthy before. The other two hadn't worked under him. Um, And uh, uh, I mean, at the time, you know, hiring John Fossil, not a former head coach, but a former interim head coach. So you've got, you know, again, lots of leadership qualities and experience. And then to hire Dan Quinn specifically and Dan Quinn was like the biggest name last year. I don't know that he was the the most sought after defensive coordinator. And I don't know that he would have gone and, and, and jumped to a defensive coordinator spot with just any team a year ago coming off, you know, being fired by Atlanta. But it made sense. And it made sense to go to Dallas. If you have success with the Cowboys, you are, I mean, Life is different than if you have success in Jacksonville or, or whatever. Um, and so it has obviously very quickly elevated Dan Quinn back to being in the cycle. And so Mike Zimmer, former head coach, but and so in that sense, like I do think Mike Zimmer is capable of running a, a solid defense. It won't be Dan Quinn's this year, like, uh, but for non Mike Zimmer reasons, as we've just, you know, identified. But the part of Mike Zimmer that doesn't get me excited is that this is just a retread for the Cowboys. Like, that that does not feel good. Like, let's just go back 20 years and hire Mike Zimmer. That sounds so awful to me. And I, I'm not pumped about it, and I will definitely talk myself into it if that's what ultimately winds up happening. But I think the name... It w- and I, I think the Cowboys might have too much pride to do it, though, is Vic Fangio. That's the guy that I'm most interested by. I think he's most capable of putting together legitimate defense, but he's the guy who kind of exposed them when the Broncos beat the Cowboys and then who kind of talked about it. And so I do think the Cowboys have have maybe two large egos to, to bring him in to be their defensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer is the easy option, and he checks off the boxes. He's an alum of the organization. He's a former head coach, and he's some. I could totally just see mike mccarthy in his press conference being like well i coached against zim a lot of times up in the nfc north and you know those were some tough football games and those are some great defenses and you know anthony barr and you know he's he's just really harrison smith i mean you know and then like and then i the take will be the cowboys just have to find their harrison smith and it just it will be annoying but that's the name that makes the most sense unfortunately maybe you can bring earl thomas
2: out of retirement and then uh there you go you finally got him everything so you'd be interesting or you'd be interested in Zimmer even though his defense like Kirk Cousins down interesting okay interesting (sighs) logic here um it's a joke for those who aren't familiar from the YouTube audience I don't like Kirk Cousins uh yeah but I mean I think that's a solid addition and it is kind of funny to me how we talk about guys who like we might like a lot as defensive quarter coordinator or coordinator candidates but like totally out on as head coaches like big Fangio, like you said like like you you hated him like, and, and understandably so like you know you he was a big reason why you thought the broncos were to, total frauds and then yeah twice.
1: but but that's I a real mean, thing like some some yeah, dudes are just better coordinators than than they are coaches and like well, jim I'm, I'm interested yeah, seen it yeah jim schwartz i'm interested to see jay grun there's been talk about him you know reentering the coaching circle as an offensive coordinator i would be very interested to see that i just don't think he's a great head coach
2: yeah, absolutely. And I and I'm, I wasn't saying like that's untrue. It's just kind of funny to me how we're like, you know, you're like really excited about this guy as a defensive coordinator but then you're like, "Hey coach, no, get away." Uh so yeah, I think it's interesting that there are some of these high-profile names out there. It seems like a like there's kind of a sense around the NFL it seems like right now that the head coaching class isn't super strong. Like teams aren't necessarily super excited, and there's some evidence to that because as of one recording on Tuesday morning, Still, nobody has hired one. So clearly, there isn't like this slam dunk, no doubt about it candidate that team. It's just like, like we want this guy and we want him right away. Um, and that doesn't mean those guys work out anyway. Look at Urban Meyer last year. But uh, yeah, so, but for a defensive coordinator, there are because there is Zim, um, there is Fangio, and he has had a lot of good defenses. I was looking back at some of his numbers yesterday because I did a post for BleedingGreenNation.com about potential. Eagles replacements for Jonathan Gannon, and I mentioned him in there. I mentioned Zimmer in there, but, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he would go to Dallas or, or whatever. Um, uh, Don Martindale from the Ravens, also a pretty good name, and kind of crazy to me that he's available. because When you look at his numbers, like the Ravens had a bad defense this past season. like a billion defensive back injuries and the whole team was and then like they had a bunch of COVID issues too and it's like also one bad season and you look at all the other seasons he had and they're like top five like they're like really really good defenses and you know again there's talent there too so you kind of have to evaluate all that um so but there are good options out there uh for really either the eagles or the cowboys
1: interesting you said don martindale and specifically said good name and didn't even mention wink
2: isn't it like it feels like it's like legally obvious. do people actually call him that like do people call him wink martindale I mean I, I, on Twitter like do like people refer I've never like heard you know like a reporter ask him a question I'm not necessarily paying attention to Baltimore Ravens press conferences, but I don't like, know. hey it's wink like, I feel like it's one of those things I feel like there are nicknames sometimes in life like that where you see like the first name and then the the nickname there and then the last name, but no one actually calls them the nickname primarily they say like the whole name, but that defeats the point of a nickname (laughs) and just using the one thing, but I I don't know.
1: Well, who, who first started calling you BLG? Um, well, that kind of evolved. There's a whole story behind that. Like you did it though. So that's what you're saying. So you like created it yourself. Wow. You're a much bigger narcissist than Don Martin. I never, I never told anyone (laughs) to call me that. I never referred to myself as that. What do you get called most? Brandon, Brandon Lee or BLG? No one ever calls me Brandon Lee
2: um blg in this space in terms of online i think it kind of it came about too because like you know if people were talking referring to me in the comments let's say a bgn you know not going to write out my whole name it's too long so you are just you know you're putting the the uh acronym there um but yeah i i never really used my middle name until i started writing because i didn't originally want to use my last name because i wasn't sure if i wanted this to be a career i was just kind of doing it as a hobby i didn't wanna, like want to like dox myself and i like my full like name out there Cause you know, kind of a private. I person. didn't want to
1: put my social security number in my my username on SB Nation, so that's yeah, why.
2: I didn't want to do that either. So, uh, so I just used Brandon Lee for a little bit. This was back when I was writing about the Sixers. I think really even before I started writing about the Eagles. Uh, so almost uh, a worse then
1: it, team than the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Well, then it evolved, and then like I can't just take out my middle name at this point and just go first and last name because then people are going to be like, "Wait, where did that Brandon Lee guy go?" So uh, it's just the full gambit now.
1: Um wink is an interesting name um wink. back to that point but yeah like why, is is, it, why do they is call it, him that too is he like wink i don't, I don't know. know What's the deal? We, i mean when you wink do you wink your right or left eye
2: um probably right what about
1: you yeah i think i'm a right winker are you right-handed um, yeah are you yeah are you one of these weird people though that like like le- there's like left-handed people that you know that like throw that throw with their right hand you know what i mean like but they write with they like that's so lot. stupid yeah. like you can't you can't you can't cheat and, and and have things both ways like if you're gonna be left-handed be left-handed do things like i feel like a you know lot I mean? of like,
2: the lefty people I know yeah are like that like i i do like i write with my left hand but then yeah i throw it like you said, or whatever or, or they do something else with their right hand
1: can't have it both ways like just you know pick it really a lane you can. can be ambidextrous
2: and,
1: that's not but another thing is, like, when left-handed people wear their watch on their left hand. No, like, the watch needs to be worn on on the opposite hand of your handedness. You know what I'm saying? Like, if right. you're right-handed, yeah. you wear your watch on your left hand or vice versa. Correct. I so actually, on, on that subject, we're deep into the tangency and we're about to get back. I feel bad. Like, I'm looking at my watch. The knobs are on the right side. They should be reversible because if you're left-handed and you're going to wear it, like, the knob is on the part that when you bend your wrist back, it would hit you and, like, dig into your skin. That's not what kind fair. of watch are you wearing over there? This is just Show an Apple people. watch. It's okay. an Apple watch. We're not. Yeah, this same. is not a sponsorship. Um, we're, we're not sponsored by Apple. I mean, if Apple uh, wants to sponsor, we're will yeah. We're, I mean, like we're we're open. we're open, but I mean, this is not a paid sponsorship. Is all I'm saying. Okay. We didn't we didn't come to this. You know, but if you want to get a new Apple product, use discount code NFC is mixed. No, that's not a really um, discount Um, that would be such a Apple long watch discount too. code. Um, yeah, but that's what, like you would think at the very least the Apple Watch would be reversible, where you could flip it upside down and and put it on left-handed people so that the knob would be on the the side closer to their hand you know what i'm saying you hear that tim cook yeah i mean we're just here we're out here throwing out million dollar ideas like free free million dollar ideas anyway um last thing on the cowboys actually two more things on the Cowboys before we move on there were rumors brandon lee that popped up over the weekend about a certain head coach that is not in the NFC East, he only wishes he was in the NFC East. Uh, New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton doesn't know if he's going to return to the Big Easy. You ever call it that, the Bayou? Yeah. The Lou uh, doesn't know if he's going to be back with the New Orleans Saints. So, like Mike Zimmer, who was also part of Bill Parcells' staff, all the rumors are swirling. Could Sean Payton really wind up <laughs> the Cowboys' head coach? This never goes away. This is with, always with a this, thing. One to ten. Just like I all I want on answer one to ten. If the Cowboys, Indiana Jones, idol swapped Mike McCarthy for Sean Payton, you are a one to ten nervous about them.
2: Probably like a nine, eight.
1: And what are you today currently?
2: Oh, so comparatively, uh, yeah, probably like
1: four or five. Mm, yeah, Sean Payton has a different, different level of oomph that that I think I this mean, team really this- needs. This organization really needs and they almost
2: made the playoffs without a quarterback like that's and they like, like they were really close to making the playoffs the 49ers don't win what in overtime against the rams then the saints are in and that's crazy because they had starting quarterback combination of Jameis winston Taysom hill trevor simeon and freaking ian book like that's <laughs> and then and not only that but they had a bunch of other injuries too like kamara was banged up for most well, of the season
1: michael thomas didn't play it all the entire year
2: played all teron armstead like missed a ton of time ryan Ramcheck missed time Andrews Pete, I think
1: missed like a good chunk of the year. Dude, like they like, missed, man. You saying that? I mean, like I think we do this where we we assign all of the credit for something to just one person, and I I don't mean to do that, but obviously Sean Payton is Sean Payton. Think about like how they draft. Yeah, you know, like he is. Yeah. He is. He is so good at building legitimate teams. Like you, they might not win the Super Bowl every year, but they are going to be in the mix every year. You I know mean, what I'm saying? Like, and he is such a great head coach. I and my take on this, if you're curious. This is the the least juicy Dallas Cowboys offseason I can remember. I mean, I I, I have I think the, the last one that I felt this like eh, about an off season was maybe after twenty thirteen, heading into the twenty fourteen draft. Now the draft kind of like got things going a little bit because that was the Johnny year. And then they wound up with Zach Martin and then Sean Lee got hurt. And so that changed a lot of things. But that they were coming off three straight eight and eight years. And it was just like, man, what? Like what, what's the what's the point of all this? And so this offseason has a similar lack of juice, but this would change that from zero to a hundred. I mean, th- this this would make them instant Super Bowl legitimate contenders. And this would be, I mean, you can like sit here, you could talk about Kellen Moore, you could talk about Mike McCarthy you could talk about John Kitten and how he worked with Dak. There is nobody that would be better suited to help Dak Prescott regain his eliteness than Sean Payton.
2: And it overrides like the nostalgia factor, like the retread, like we're bringing right. him back, it's another like it's it doesn't matter, it's Sean Payton. <laughs> and yeah, it's um, like
1: it, it is this this great like he's finally here. Like they finally, yeah. you know what I mean, like cuz right. this has been this like will they won't they sort of thing to this and and that would obviously be a true thing, but there is like a huge level of football sense to this that you know, it, it, I need it to happen, but I really doubt it does. I mean, it wouldn't have, like, it's hard to think it's going to happen at this point, this off season,
2: right? Like, it's just, we're kind of late in the game. Although it is weird. Did you see the video of the Saints owner? Uh, what, what's her name? uh gail benson
1: yeah and she was like we don't know i was like what is this this? like i don't know like a saints fan like what are you talking about i don't love this (laughs) like we don't know what he's gonna do dennis allen is out here interviewing for other head coaching jobs and so like what's he you know what are you gonna do if you're new orleans and then he gets a job and then sean payton leaves you high and dry like that's really unfair um it does feel more than anything the report from nfl network was that he might kind of mini retire he's only 58 years old but he might sit out the year, a la Bruce Arians, yep. and then return next season. It does seem like he's done with New Orleans. Like he just he's, and I could see that. Like I mean, it's been fifteen years. You know, over that. You know, maybe he just wants something new, new drive to work kind of thing. But this this feels so inevitable that he's going to sit the year out, do TV. The Adam Sandler or Ke- what is it? Kevin James? I guess Adam Sandler's, you know, all, part of it. But the Kevin James uh, show or movie is going to come out. Mike McCarthy will lead the Cowboys to a, an eleven and six record and a wild card exit. He'll get fired, and they'll hire him next year. That's what it feels like to me.
2: That Right, I think it's more like that. It's not this off season. It would be about that. Um, uh, yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, and I think part of it isn't just about like change of scenery. It's just about where the Saints are. Like they have no path, to, clear path to getting you know a quarterback who's going to actually legitimately like help them contend. Especially in part because too like. They're in a bad spot, like cap wise, everything. And they've mortgaged some draft picks recently. They went all in for Breeze, I think, which is reasonable and they should. And I'll add here too, that I don't like to admit this because I don't like Sean Payton, but I mean, objectively, he is good. And I think the Saints, that run they had kind of is similar to the Eagles of the early 2000s, where like those Eagles teams were good enough to win a Super Bowl. And if, in fact, if you look by like football outsiders, they're like, like one of the unluckiest teams to ever. Yeah, like, like one
1: of the, the non-dynasty dynasties, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, like they should have at least won one Super Bowl just in terms of like how good they were. And But that's part of the NFL is sometimes you just get bad luck in bad spots, and that's what happened to them. And that's probably what really happened to the Saints too. Um, So yeah, it would be – so that's kind of a comforting thought, I guess, for Cowboys fans is that if McCarthy doesn't work out next year, which it won't, and you blow it up, then you just turn to Sean Payton after the season so
1: it feels very though jason garrett lincoln riley right like oh whenever that ends like we'll just pluck lincoln riley out of oklahoma and that i mean i'm not saying that yeah, you can't happened,
2: assume it, and you can't just assume he's going to be there too because you know what if another team comes calling before or makes yeah. an even bigger offer or you know has a yeah, like, situation
1: yeah like i mean we're just pontificating here, but like, what if Andy Reid retired? You know what I mean? Right. Like, so it's like, you know, well, if, what, where am I going to go? Kansas City or Dallas? I mean, you're right. Like, it, so um, last thing, last actual Cowboys thing, and this, you put this on the rundown um, and I'm happy to answer it, but it's really more of your question. Does yeah. the 49ers beating the Packers in the division around make Cowboys fans feel better or worse or neither? Yeah. What's the answer? Um, I, I am super petty and... So I'm answering through that lens. It makes me feel a lot better. It doesn't like I, I honestly have no care associated with, well, at least, at least we know the Niners are a good team. Like, so that, that like I take no solace in that. Like I, I'm right. still pissed at the Cowboys, especially like, because uh, like,
2: they're not <laughs> at least right. Right.
1: My, yeah. my satisfaction is, really independent of who the 49ers are it's really completely associated with it what because i mean we we talked about it on the mixtape last week and it, we're new here on the, for the youtube audience but um i i told you i said it is inevitable that the 49ers are going to go get waxed after beating mike mccarthy's team by the team that fired mike mccarthy and uh, if they had waxed the niners would have then they would have gone to three straight NFC championship games after having fired him. I mean, they've still been to the divisional round at least three straight times, which is obviously an impressive thing. But that felt inevitable to me. So to not have to hear about the Packers and Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers and all this stuff, like that is a a bit of personal joy that I'm excited about.
2: Okay, yeah. I wasn't really getting at that part. Yeah, I was talking more about the 49ers, like like how actually uh, their quality of team, but they're not, they're not good. Like, I mean, obviously they have star players and the defense has been really good. And D'Amico Ryan's for Eagle, shout out, deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, but I mean, it's the worst quarterback in the playoffs remaining and somehow they're winning and it doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't like it because you got people out here saying and like through an Eagles lens, like it doesn't matter where the quarterback, you can kind of get by and I'm like, what are you talking about? This team that you're talking about also thinks he's not good enough and traded picks to get a new his replacement. So
1: anyway. I do think at the very least that like the lesson I hope that teams, namely the Cowboys learned from the Niners is you can you can like like mortgage your future if you want to call what San Francisco did that and survive it. Right. Like because yeah. they technically have like no net return on Trey Lance in, in terms of the here and now. And they're totally fine. And, and you know, I, I know I saw um I think in in it was Mike Sando in his pick six column. It might have been him, it might have been somewhere else I read, but um either way, read pick six, it's awesome. But um kind of just wondering like, what if they hadn't done that? Like what if they had drafted Micah Parsons or Rashawn Slater? Like it would make them all the all the more better. And that's a little bit of hindsight, that's unfair. Um, and obviously, we don't know what Trey Lance is going to become. It's totally worth it if he's a franchise quarterback for the future. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm rooting for them to lose. Of the four remaining teams, the 49ers are the one I least want to win the Super Bowl.
2: The Rams, for me, not a Sean McVay guy. Uh, if I had to rank him, I want the Bengals to win.
1: That's my That's number big, one.
2: Yeah, I mean, how could you? How could you not like Joe Burrow? Like, what is unlikable about Joe Burrow? Like, what would you? I, well, unless, you know, you're a I Steelers will say fan this: Ravens fan.
1: He is going to and this is just like the the way it works his confidence will will turn into as he gets older and more time passes it will turn into from a perception standpoint arrogance you know, i he, agree he, and and so like that will be the reason people don't like him like, well, that's it's like cool the
2: cool yeah like the warriors were yeah. cool when they came up and then they got annoying because they started winning and then they had or Evan the chiefs Grant. even the, like people the are sick chiefs, of the yeah. chiefs yeah and um, i agree with that yeah. but i'm saying like right now like in in right in the moment and i don't think you can find anything and so I want the Bengals to win. I think it's going to be tough with that offensive line. I think they can make it to the Super Bowl. I do think they can beat the Chiefs because Burrow, I would not doubt Burrow. Like I would not put it past him. Like he doesn't deserve to be doubted. Like he, he can make something happen. Um, and then I would probably take the uh, Chiefs after that. I just, I'm not, I'm not excited about it at all. Like, it just doesn't, I, I'm pretty indifferent. Like, I don't care. We'd have to hear Pete Sweeney talk about it, I guess.
1: Yeah, uh, um, Pete Sweeney, then, I do a show with, on the ESPN Nation NFL shows. So everyone is. Yes. Watching, but... on Mondays. Yeah. Um, but I will say I originally had the Chiefs second in my, my top four. Cause I'm, I'm Bengals Rams chiefs ninth, uh, just to be clear. Um, but like, I, I just okay. want something new, you know what I mean? Like, and I agree. The, I, and that's, that's really what it is. And I don't mind the Rams. The Sean McVay thing would be uh, really annoying. I'm totally with you. It would be super annoying, but I, I, I
2: said this I to do- Jimmy on BGN radio, just to cut uh, real quick. If Sean McVay wins one Super Bowl, it will be talked about like it was the greatest uh, Super dude, Bowl win in like, sure. And and Doug Peterson actually has won a Super Bowl and Sean McVay gets like more credit than him currently a lot. Like no, so I just I and, don't even want and that it to it will
1: happen. it will be like they will get more credit for winning it at home than the Bucks yeah. got. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like it will, and because the NFL and like all their like, the, like NFL Network loves to hype up the Rams and SoFi Stadium. You know, like it's it's like the LA ness of it all and everything, blah blah. It would be like talked about forever, like LA, LA, LA. It would be really annoying. But where I land, like I mean, I'm I'm willing to look past the McVay thing if it can't be the Cowboys, I like to see great players get rings. Like I hate when, when a great player ends their career without a ring, I would love to see Cooper cup get a ring. I would love to see Aaron Donald get a ring. I would love to see Jalen Ramsey get a ring. Like they all deserve it, but you're right. And I would love to see Matthew Stafford get one ultimately, but it that would be the most annoying thing. It would be the Rams. Like think about all the, the times that the rounders gift would be used. They went all in, you know, but it would, that would be really annoying, but um, I would still prefer it to the chiefs. So um anyway okay let's uh let's talk about Jonathan Gannon kind of the only thing going on with the Eagles we touched on this but is he really going to get a head coaching job in your opinion
2: I just don't get it like why why like D'Amico Ryans is more qualified than him like it's, it's almost like a direct it's like a head it's not even like apples and art it's like a head-to-head kind of comparison both first-year defensive coordinators both um like uh well, no, Domenico Ryan's defense way better. Clearly has some more talented players in fairness, uh, more playmakers and stars and stuff like that, but still uh like way better and doing really impressive stuff. The results are there and like leadership and all that, like, cause everyone keeps talking about how well Jonathan Gannon is interviewing. And a little of that is clearly like just his agent. I mean, I, there's some truth to it. I don't doubt that, but Everyone said he interviewed amazing with the Broncos, and he's not even a finalist there, apparently, for their job. Like They're down to three, and he's not in there. There's talk that the Houston Texans want to talk to Gannon for a second interview, and that uh, some consider him to be the favorite there. So we'll see about that. He also interviewed with the Vikings, where he used to coach. So we'll see about that. But I will note that the Vikings were interviewing two Eagles front office members for their GM position, and they were ruled out. They're not the finalists for that job. So maybe that kind of hurts him. You no, know, not having really that Philly connection that could work in their favor. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't get it. I don't get why Gannon is getting this buzz. I don't think the Eagles need to fire him, to be clear. But like, I just don't think he is like here as one of the top coaching candidates. I just, he's not a top five coaching candidate in this cycle to me. We uh, ranked I him know, today.
1: I, I don't even know who the top five are.
2: Oh, we ranked it's, it today it, on the podcast, so you should live and listen. I to that I'm not going to listen to
1: that. Uh, yeah, but, you will, that's fine. Uh, but I mean, because like, normally there's your clear consensus number one. That's the guy. That's the most coveted name. I kind of feel like for, just from perception. I'm. This isn't a ranking. I kind of feel like Dan Quinn is that. Like Dan Quinn seems to be the most popular name that everybody wants a piece of. Um, I can't believe that Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson is not number one. That's strange to me. He was my but, number one. Spoiler uh, alert. But Jonathan Gannon, I mean, the take I've seen at BGN and and among I know, like a lot of the Eagles Eagles fans friends on Twitter, but is has kind of been like, okay, cool, take him. Like right, nobody's yeah. going to be like upset. And I know you're kind of harping on D'Amico Ryan's, and like some of that is is that they're still playing. Like he would be much more involved in the interview process if they were eliminated. But well, some of I it is also race, unfortunately. They, but yeah, <laughs> but they're they're defense is and some of that is talent like I don't, I don't want to take away from D'Amico Ryan's but some of that is, yeah. is he's got a lot more to work with but he also has big shoes to fill with Robert Sala leaving like so contextually I do think he's a better option than than Jonathan Gannon but I mean I remember hearing you know Brandon Staley who, you know he interviewed super well he's super awesome and I'm not like out on Brandon Staley but not the super awesome head coach that a lot of people thought he was going to be and I remember he did he was on Adam Schefter's podcast last year and you can tell he's just this this guy that people click with and i'm not saying he's like a uh what is it a snake oil salesman is that what it is Is that the, the phrase like i'm not saying that's what he is but there's a little bit of like charm to to why i think people fall for him a little bit and and i think the the fall for him isn't commensurate with who he really is as a head coach i think he has flaws that people are willing to look past because they like him and jonathan gannon might be turning into that option for this year
2: It's funny because I think it was like Jeremy Fowler or Dan Graziano or whoever from ESPN literally had like a blurb in their like coaching carousel update post that was like, people view Jonathan Gannon as the next Brandon Staley. And I almost feel like it's not quite the same comparison because uh, Gannon didn't work with Staley. and But remember, you know, like the Sean McVay's friends thing, that offseason of that hiring cycle. By the way, that has
1: aged really well. Like all all of them except for cliff are I really say, not, not
2: <laughs> kingsbury though and that, and that, and that just, was the
1: one yeah that was the one that hyped yeah. it up the most right
2: well the cardinals literally i remember the, like i remember reading the press announcement or whatever of the cardinals hiring cliff kingsbury and it did say in there like he is sean mcveigh's friend and i was like what are we but, doing like this needs
1: to be in LeFleur here looks good and i hate that kyle shanahan gets lumped into that because he had success independent of mcveigh but they yeah, like they are regarded as the but they're regarded as the, like the McVeigh archetype, and so e- again, even though it doesn't make sense when it comes to Shanahan, but Zach Taylor, um, Zach Taylor uh, that's what I'm saying, like th- that has aged aside from Cliff really, really, really well. But yeah, I
2: but, don't think we're either of us are like super in on Zach Taylor still, though kind of questions, oh, but yeah, sure. I get it. But anyway, um, I like Jonathan Gannon has mentioned Brandon Saley a couple times, I think, so I think like there's it's like some getting some like you know. Like, like NFL owners are like seeing more comparison, like, oh, that guy's talking about him. He's looking at what he's doing. So, yeah, I think it's silly. And yeah, a lot, a lot of fans would be happy to see him go. And like, so it's it's weird because like when I'm saying it and I'm saying, like I don't get it, people are like, oh, don't say this or it would be a good thing. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But like, I'm still having a hard time logically accepting this. And that's what I kind of come down to. Like, I'm not just thinking about like, okay, it'd be good for the Eagles. Go ahead. I, I'm still trying to log- logically figure it out and I just can't.
1: I'm I'm telling you dude there's there's something to that Brandon Staleyness. I'm 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 a little out on him and I remember and I I gave I'm him a chance, gave, gave him a fair chance. But like I, I remember that interview he did with Adam Schefter. He was being interviewed by Adam Schefter and in talking he told Adam that he had read his book. And Adam was, and Adam wrote a book about his, uh, a a part of his personal life. It's a great book that people should read. It, you know, don't mean to, you know, insinuate otherwise. But Adam was like, "Whoa, you read my book?" And I could see that, like, impressing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that would him. It's, I mean, like, whenever you get a compliment like that, like, it's he's like, "Whoa!" And at and and Brandon was like, "I I like to read," and Adam was like, "Whoa!" You know, (laughs) you like to read. So, um, I just, I'm again, I'm not saying Jonathan Gannon's a bad coach, but there are a lot of other more preferable options in my mind. Again, Doug Peterson should be number one in this cycle. I can't believe that he isn't. Um, so, we'll see. But, um, okay. Uh, so, anything else on the Eagles? Well, some of those, we didn't really talk about uh, potential replacements. If he
2: does get uh, hired elsewhere. So, yeah, I don't no, think it would... no Zimmer,
1: no Fangio? In, in I think Philly?
2: Fangio is a possibility. He grew up like two hours north of Philly and he's, he's dead. He grew up in, Worst in part Eagles and, well, I mean, I don't know. I, it's like That's not the main reason why he would come back, but maybe he likes the area. And um who would who would like the area? He also overlapped with Eagles vice president of player personnel, Andy Widell, for a couple years or a few years, I believe, in Baltimore. So, you know, you kind of look at that connection. Um you can also say the same thing about Wink, as he was also in Baltimore. So I would keep an eye on those things, but I tend to think the Eagles aren't going to go in that direction, in part because there was a bit of a contentious dynamic between Doug Peterson, who was unproven head coach and jim Schwartz, who had been a head coach and you know probably thinks of himself still or did think of himself at the time
1: as like head coach material
2: so i don't so think you're saying looking,
1: the, the matchup of sirianni and whether it's fangio or zimmer wouldn't exactly work well
2: i don't think the eagles want to like tempt fate i'm not saying it's gotcha. they, they would definitely know it wouldn't work i just think they don't want to go down that path again and i also think like i don't know if this was just doug i think doug was a factor but under Doug, there was a lot of internal promotion as opposed to like looking outside and to a fault. Like, I felt like, why are you promoting Mike Grow automatically when you could potentially hire Jim Caldwell as your office coordinator? And he's out there like, hire the best candidate, like, hold a search. Didn't, didn't even hold a search. They were just like, we're going to automatically promote Deuce Daly or Mike Grow. It's like, well, why not interview external candidates too? Cause maybe they're better than what you have in house. I hate the idea that in house is like always the automatic correct answer. Anyway, um, so, but I tend to think they're kind of go that route and promote Denard Wilson, who is the Eagles' um, defensive backs coach, and he used to be the passing game coordinator on defense for the Jets. Uh, Darius Slay has praised him. Darius Slay had a Pro Bowl season, bounce-back year. Uh, Avante Maddox had, like, the best year of his career, got that contract extension. The Eagles signed Steve Nelson, and I don't think he's going to be, like, a long-term player for them, but he was solid coming off the street for, you know, uh, a signing that they made right before training camp. Um, and Zach McPherson, who's the Eagles' fourth-round pick, he showed promise in training camp. So they got some good production out of their defensive backs, not as much as safety, but I think that's kind of more of a talent issue. Um, so I think the Eagles might just end up promoting him. Jason Lockenfora had mentioned Denard Wilson as like a defensive coordinator candidate back in December before like any of this was even being talked about, Gannon possibly moving on. Um, so it seemed like there has been some buzz about that. So I tend to think they'll just promote him uh, if... Uh, Ganon does leave
1: uh, Jonathan, Ganon, Kellen Moore maybe both just sticking around and everybody kind of like meh, fine, whatever Yeah.
0: Vacations can be tricky You already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away, that's where Viator steps in you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Um, you ready to talk about Washington? The
2: Washington football team. As they are known now. Well,
1: ho- hold up. So let me pull up a calendar. Um, nobody on the YouTube audience can see this, or on the podcast audience either. Even I you can. can't even only, see only, it. only I can see it. Yeah. Um, next week. Next, so the our show goes out on Wednesdays on all four podcast networks, uh, and now on YouTube as well. But um, next Wednesday, so a week from today, the day of the release is release day for washington the new uniform new name oh. new everything so we are wow. uh at the time of our recording eight days away from knowing what they're going to be lots of speculation it's going to be commanders or um, what are the other top admirals. speculations admirals is up there um uh, it seems like any of the wolf related names are out at least according to the internet but uh we'll see uh, commanders would be so lame i would feel i would feel stupid like honestly like typing something up being like Dallas Cowboys versus Washington Commanders. I would, I would that's, feel really dumb.
2: That's like an XFL or uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All due respect. I like that. I those leagues, but you know, they're not. It's not the NFL. It feels fake, right?
1: I mean, I don't know. And I don't know what name would have satisfied me or will satisfy me. I don't know that there is one. But um, obviously, the old one had to go. I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm not somebody that's like keep football team, but like it has to start with an R. I feel like because they have that logo that is just the the like kind of cursive R. You know, what I'm talking about. So like. Like, if you want to yeah. use some, like, semblance of good. history. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, use that. You know what I mean? Like, use something that starts with an R so that you have some sort of, like, loose connection to your history. You have the same color scheme and all this stuff. Commanders is so dumb. Like, if you're going to go with something like that, make it topical to the area. Be the presidents. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I'm I'm not in love with that, but at, at least there's a reason it makes sense. What is what is Commanders? Like, I guess Commander-in-Chief, maybe, but... um. But then you like the Chiefs exist. You know what I mean? Like that's just a weird, um, I don't know. But whatever, uh, whatever their name is, they also need to figure out their quarterback situation, Brandon Lee, um, which is more kind important, of, uh, I would say,
2: honestly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, there are rumors that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to head for television because that's where everybody goes to now. That would be back-to-back quarterbacks for Washington. By the way, leaving their team to go do television in Alex Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick, but. I sent this to you over the weekend. Uh, there was a report that came out over a podcast. Our friends at Hogshaven uh, talked about this, that last season, last off season during the draft, I don't know if it was the draft, uh, in the lead-up to the draft, whatever, but BLG, Washington reportedly tried trading up for Justin Fields last year. Remember, the Chicago Bears did trade up. Remember, we did that what-if episode where we talked about what if they had lost the Week 17 game last year, would they have drafted him, whatever. But they reportedly tried trading up for him and might look into trading for him this offseason. Now, they would probably be able to get him for a better rate than they would have, obviously, if they had paid on draft night because the Bears had to give up that first-round pick to the Giants. But I just – and I love Justin Fields. I would love for him to be awesome and love for that to take off, but I, I, I I just can't see how you can talk yourself into him right now.
2: You can't, because he was really bad as a rookie. And I get, you know, even player, whatever, support system wasn't amazing. Everyone's to blame Matt Nagy, which, you know, I'm not going to say that he was the best coach in the world to help Justin Fields succeed. But this idea that Justin Fields is, like, just a victim and he couldn't do anything, <laughs> like, give me a break. He was terrible. He was really bad. And this wasn't unpredictable, by the way. Some some of us said here that, hey, maybe the team that has demonstrated they don't know anything when it comes to quarterbacks didn't get Justin Fields right and that he's actually worse than people seem to think like people couldn't people couldn't come to grips with that like actually Justin Fields might not be as good as we think and there is a reason he's falling as opposed to like everyone else is stupid and we're the smart ones
1: so I'm way more inclined though and I'm not saying this is rational but I'm way more inclined to believe that Justin Fields and even Mitchell Trubisky are talented But and I'm not saying that they're like supremely talented, but that the Bears contributed to making them worse. They might not be great players, but I'm way more Uh, inclined to believing that the Bears made them worse than they just than that they are just one hundred percent bad. If that makes sense, sure. I'm willing to give them both
2: second chance. But that's what we I I, I always kind of talk about too. Yeah, everything. I think my saying is everything is something to some extent. You think you're saying
1: you don't you don't know your own saying?
2: Uh, I think it is. I'm not sure, but like. I always use the example of Carson Wentz in 2020 and people were like, ah, well, example. like, you know, they, they list all these, well, they list all these excuses and I'm like, okay, what you're saying would be reasonable if he was like, you know, the 15th best quarterback in the league. No one's asking him to be the MVP. No one is saying like, that's the, the bar, the standard they're saying like, can you not be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL? And so that's kind of a similar thing. So I wouldn't really be all that scared at all, honestly. If Washington got Justin Fields, and I don't think the Bears are going to give up on him so soon, because like you know, you traded a future first round pick for this guy. I think you want to see it through, and I feel like he's part of probably a pitch to a lot of your head coaching candidates. Like we have Justin and Fields GM here. candidates, yeah, and yeah, and like so you have this guy, and I don't think they're just going to dump him immediately for what? Like what's what's the alternative that's so easily available to them? They don't I want mean, the first round the- pick.
1: That that's what I'm saying. The op, the ideal world would be they recoup a first round pick. They get you know, you're not going to get a first round pick. I don't think. I agree. I mean, I mean, I'm just yeah. again. If if we're laying out the math, that's the math that it would take. But it's not right. legitimate math. Um. Okay. So this is our first show that's also on YouTube. We have something that only the YouTube audience can see. So podcast audience, wow. we still love you. But uh, let's put this up here. BLG, you sent me this. This is a poll from Hogshaven. Go ahead and tell the people what it is. This is amazing. Honestly, if you're not
2: looking at this, I, I, can, I can't even imagine. Um, so make sure you're looking at the YouTube. But uh, yeah, I was looking at Hogshaven and they have an article about like some of their quarterback options. Not great. Um, and they kind of they did a good, jo- a good job of um, outlining all of them. But the option out of five different scenarios here, kind of four, but the fifth one is undefined. So we have scenario one. Oh, hold the,
1: the question for the podcast audience is which quarterback scenario do you most prefer? They ran a poll at hogshaven.com. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: All right. So that's the question. There's five different poll options. Number one, scenario one, Russell Wilson. Scenario two, Jimmy G scenario three, a veteran, how, free agent, by the
1: way, the G in that has a period like, a, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like Jimmy I, G. it's okay. But keep going.
2: Uh, scenario three is a veteran free agent and at a rookie. Scenario four, so kind of almost like you know, you know, signing Re- Ryan Fitzpatrick, but also adding a rookie. Scenario four, roll <laughs> like, like
1: what the Bears did with Andy Dalton
2: and Justin Fields, or that scenario four, roll with the rookie, and then they just have a different option as option five. Um, the number one option, RJ, is scenario three: sign a veteran free agent and draft a rookie to groom, and then behind that at thirty percent is roll with just a rookie. So no one wants Jimmy G. That is seven percent. And then Russell Wilson got nineteen percent, but come on, like Russell Wilson is not going to Washington. Like, how much, how much money does anyone want to bet me that Russell Wilson is not going to Washington?
1: I would like, say I, that that factored into the votes here, like I, because you know yes, what I mean. I think I think every, I think most most Hogshaven community members when they voted were like, well, this isn't practical. Yeah, you know, not, to, to if assume. if they
2: knew he wanted to go there, then yeah, that's right. Yes, the answer. Um,
1: but. Yeah, the vet free agent, and like it might be Andy Dalton. You know, like that wow. might be an. It. Might, I mean, no, seriously. I mean, like I'm not saying it's a good idea, but that might be an option. I don't like,
2: think so. I don't think they can do that. I don't think they can sell that though. You have to sell these things, like you know what I mean. You have to sell it to someone. You could sell Ryan Fitzpatrick because he only got benched by the Dolphins because they wanted to get younger and go with Tua, but he was playing like well enough. And also, I was like, okay, we won the division last year. We need this placeholder. We need more than we got last year, which is like nothing at quarterback. Um I just don't know how you sell Andy Dalton, especially getting you know Ben for for Justin fields so now that played out. I think Jimmy the, G is the answer because you can be like, Hey, he's a quarterback who played in the n f c championship game for the second time in three years
1: but so if we if we live out this poll's top option, which is a vet free agent and a rookie vet free agent b l g fell off the camera by the way. are you okay? Did you drop something? Yeah, I dropped something I'm good yeah. what did you drop my phone it's fine though. <laughs> your phone you need your phone to do the show really you're that committed i was looking up
2: um the names that begin like things that begin with r I was trying to find a good name but i couldn't
1: mm, good one okay so these are the the vet free agents again like if you have to pick one of these to pair with whatever rookie you ultimately land again these these are this is the poll you know leader according to hogshaven community members ben roethlisberger not happening right <laughs> yeah okay teddy bridgewater that seems kind of possible, right? Like you could, but like you could totally see point, that. Man? Yeah. No, but like I'm just telling you the names again to just to live in I the poll. Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, and people have floated that out forever because of the Ron Rivera connection. That would be no. So Cam is bad. done. That would be such a bad he's idea. Are, he's, he's obviously done. Terod Taylor, who was solid early on for the Texans, and that would be what everybody would talk themselves into. But yeah, bad idea. Jameis Winston. I mean,
2: there's some upside there in terms of... But, I mean, it's not going to end well. I mean, it's it's better than a lot of those options. I'd rather have Jameis than Andy Dalton, sure. They should sign Nick Foles.
1: Um, other other the notable names, just just to Jacoby Brissett, Joe Flacco, Marcus Mariota. Uh, I, I mean, man, dude, it's it's not, not good. Give Foles a chance. Why not? Colt, Ma- Colt McCoy, bring him back. Bring him um, back. Th- the one that I think... I so my favorite archetype of backup quarterback is the the young guy who has started a lot of games and you know has had some success. You're never going to have like a a you know stud franchise quarterback as your reserve, but that's the archetype I like the most. Which is why two years ago, not that he was young, but I liked the Cowboys signing Andy Dalton. I thought and I maintain if he had had to play a, a pinch, a one two game stretch, that's the perfect archetype of guy to have. I thought Philadelphia trading for Gardner Minshew, we talked about this then. I loved that. That's the archetype of guy I want. In that sense, again, not saying this is a great idea, but this sort of fits the archetype, Mitchell Trubisky. I'm like, that to me is the... I don't think you can sell that. I don't think it's a high ceiling. Let me be very clear. But I think it's the highest ceiling of all of your other options.
2: What about like trade second? third or tyler huntley does that do anything for you i think that's a Not little really. bit exciting i think especially I, like, in, I- no in that i don't, don't want to give
1: up i don't want to give up capital especially again if we're living in the poll option where it's a vet free agent and a rookie like if you're if you're conceivably developing the rookie whatever then mitchell trubisky the guy like mitchell trubisky come in help you help unlock terry mclaurin free terry mclaurin you know what i mean like develop all these other players if you want um that's you know that would be nice that's
2: you know so whatever i don't know if mitchell trubisky wants to go to washington though i think like i could be wrong but i he think he will being... after they're
1: the commanders put another c on his helmet like the, like the <laughs> chicago bears team. i don't like how quickly he thought of that
2: um i just like I, I you know kind of being with the bears and kind of being around like struggles and everything i just i just wonder if he wants to be around that he might like like being the backup for buffalo and being liked and like appreciated a little sure. bit more
1: uh, um yeah by the way, on the subject of the Bears, just because, look, we love the NFL. We're sickos. We love this game. Uh, we love this sport. The Bears are, according to Adam Schefter, finalizing a deal to hire Chiefs Assistant Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles mm. as their next general manager. So one of the vacancies uh, now filled. Bears have Ryan Poles in, Nick Falls out. Hmm nice okay last thing uh for us blg before we get out of here and again youtube audience this is on the the blog on the boys youtube channel it's on a playlist under the bleeding green nation youtube channel and again it lives as a podcast on all four networks if you like what we're doing please let us know any encouragement positive or negative uh because there could be negative Negative encouragement encouragement. uh yeah i mean we'll call that constructive criticism yeah it's always appreciated but uh last thing i actually said uh the i say the first um, spot is filled. I didn't mean to say the first, but one of them. The first one was actually filled last week, BLG. Um, I know you're excited to read his name out loud for everybody. So the New York Giants have a new general manager. Go off on the name. I The name thing is throwing me off because apparently
2: it's <laughs> Joe Shane, but okay, there's a O E O-E in his last It's
1: spelled week. S-C-H-O-E-N. That's how it's spelled. Yeah. The Shane.
2: Right. But then shouldn't his first name be like J-Shane? Because you're, you're telling me that the OE in Joe is an O sound, but in the last name somehow it's an A sound. Like, what are we doing here? So yeah. uh I just I can't trust a general manager who doesn't know what's going on with his name. And that's a big red flag for me. Other than that, though, I like jokes aside, I do think this is a good hire for the Giants. That's not to say, you know, they can't mess it up because they're still the Giants and they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt by any means. But this is like they're at least doing the right process, which is what I talked about um before later in the season when it, things were looking hopeless i was like the the thing that does i think you can point to for hope as giants fans is that they actually held a real gm search they didn't just you know take the new version of Dave david Gettem- or promote kevin abrams or whatever like they held a real search they talked to different people they picked someone from a pretty good organization a, a team that actually plays in new york state and they got their gm and uh, they're going to have them pick the coach as opposed to just trusting the Mara's, the ownership, to get the coach right again. They're going to let or at least it sounds like, you know, the GM is going to have more influence on who the coach is. And I think that's a good step back from ownership, realizing that they don't know what they're doing and they should probably just let someone else make this decision and trust them a little bit more. So, uh, and that's what Ed has also, was also calling for, a big blue view, at Valentine, um, who writes for them. So I think this is a positive step for them.
1: So I... Agree with everything you said, and I'm going to revise my like outlook take on the Giants just a little bit. I'm not here to say like, oh, the Giants are like on track; everything's going to be great. But I do think that the 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 arrow is pointing up in a way that it hasn't in a long time, and I attribute it. I don't believe really anything John Mara says, but I do believe you know how in the the press conference he had after they talked about firing Joe Judge, how he said what was the exact quote? It was like this is the most embarrassed or the most embarrassing day to to be affiliated with the Giants or whatever it was like. I I believe that I believe he really felt that, and I think yeah. we talk we talk about this a lot. Like especially when we talk about like when you're giving tough love to the Eagles, or I'm giving tough love to the Cowboys. Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to to realize there's a problem. Like we have to fix this, and I do believe that they were aware that they are at rock bottom, and so in that sense, I think that there there has been like some level of clarity like you know how in like a, like an action movie the morning after the crazy battle when the fog is like dissipating and, and you're like okay like you know all the buildings are disrupted and everything's like chaos but like we can start to rebuild I kind of feel like that's the, the spot they're in it will obviously take time if it does ultimately materialize but I do think that they have have reached a point of self awareness to where they made the right hire and I, I don't know that he's the best general manager hired in this cycle but they went down the right path they did the right thing they're continuing to do that. They're trusting in that. And s- sometimes organizations like this that are, you know, stuck in their ways are like, no, we need a giant. We, we need a, a guy, a-, a big blue giant who knows the blue collar way. No, bring in an outsider. This is smart. It's a good move for the Giants. And we'll see that who the head coach is is going to be obviously important. If it's Brian Dable, then I feel even better about who they're going to be. Um, I saw a tweet. I think it was um, Bill Barnwell that tweeted. Uh, Something like if Brian Dable willingly goes from Josh Allen to Daniel Jones, then he is sick. Um, So, yeah, Um, but, you know, you don't get to be a head coach, you know, a lot of times in the NFL. So if it's Brian Dable, that would concern me in the tiniest possible way.
2: I mean, that's something you could at least talk yourself into a little bit, though, right? Like, not that, you know, I don't think daniel jones is going to turn into the next josh allen but you could at least be like okay you know we took this quarterback who had a bunch of tools but wasn't refined and we can dable can kind of work with him uh and again might not be realistic and i don't think it will be because i don't think daniel jones is the long-term answer in that environment specifically but there's like a non-zero chance i don't think you know he's, he's a totally lost cause as we've talked about before and yeah you hit on a key point there it's self-awareness it's just one of the biggest criticisms I've had of the Eagles is not being honest with themselves. And same thing with you, with the Cowboys, especially coming off the loss. And if they're really going to attribute, you know, how their downfall this season was just because of the refs, as opposed to like issues that they could have controlled, then that's an issue. And you don't want to see that. And to that point, when uh, John Mara did have that press conference and was asked that question and said, it was very honest and was like, yeah, it was really embarrassing or whatever. And I, I thought that was like, wow, First of all, it takes like a lot to admit um, because a lot of people wouldn't do that. And and it was good for the Giants. And seeing that kind of honesty, it was, it was sobering. So I think this experience, the, these struggles have been very sobering for the Mares, And they're not putting their heads in the sand and being like, we know better. We're going to double down on all this. They're like, no, we got this wrong. So we're going to change things up. And again, that doesn't mean they'll get it right, but they're at least... I think they're the process they're using, and I like to you know evaluate on process and not just results-oriented thinking. I think the process they're using is one at the very least. Again, like it, it, just hope. If you're a Giants fan, you at least have some hope now. You have the first-round picks. You have you're getting potentially a head coach from you know a team that's been good and Dable or we'll see or, or whatever they do there, um, and then they have a GM who isn't a total dinosaur and is actually kind of coming again from a solid organization. So. I the arrow has been pointing down on them and they have hit rock bottom but there's really nowhere to go but up but I think the arrow is pointing up
1: you have to realize that though like I think about um in a similar way Ed McCaskey's press conference after the Bears season ended and they fired Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy um I mean it was total self-denial you know it was total everything's fine and so like it's hard to be pumped about the Bears. I know they just hired obviously uh, Ryan Poles just like a moment ago. By the way, I just saw this tweet as well um, from Schefter who noted that Jim Caldwell is in the Bears building and his exact tweet says matching the experienced Caldwell with the upstart Ryan Poles is a game plan that some around the league now believe the Bears easily could deploy. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But I mean uh, Jim Caldwell is awesome. I would love to see that but I I, they, the McCaskies have not had the the like the rock bottom moment that the mayor has seemingly had it takes a lot i mean I, I think john Mayer deserves credit for admitting that um especially admitting it publicly but um we'll see so blg this was our first show on youtube do you have anything to say to the youtube audience specifically podcast audience blg hates you so youtube look look them in the eye, BLG, and tell them whatever you want to
2: uh definitely subscribe smash that like button. Yeah, these these YouTube terms. I'm not on YouTube much, but uh I got to finally say it. So, really big deal. No, uh we appreciate you listening to the pod obviously. Uh, I think we've had a lot of fun here during the season. So, if you're new to this, hopefully you'll have fun too. And it's not just about RJ and me. I know RJ likes to make everything about himself. It's fine. I never do that. Uh it's about the audience too. We like the engagement. So, you know, leave some comments. We want to interact and have fun. And that's the goal of the show. That's the mission statement at least. I am saying that is the mission statement of the NFC East It's to have fun. Like, you know, we talk about football, whatever, but the goal is to have fun. It's not like we're trying to uh, prove we're the best football analysts of all. No, it's not about that, RJ. It's just about having fun. Everyone's having a good time. So hopefully people are having fun. That's my hope.
1: Hmm. That's well said. That's uh, good life advice. Just have fun, have hope, and enjoy. You know what I mean? Um, BLG, the... um, the last, I don't know, last, the last sentence belongs to you. I, mean, I won't even put a word count on it.
2: Rate, review, subscribe. Check out the SB Nation NFL show.